live on the telephone with R.W. Estella. Good morning, R.W. Hey, good morning, Allison. Occasionally concealed from view by passing clouds, reddish-orange Mars shone to the lower right of the moon just as darkness fell last night. We had been out to the garden just before with still enough light to pick a couple of handfuls of green beans hanging off the top of the deer fence and a few ears from the late corn crop and yanked several bunches of carrots and radishes from the ground, yet wet from the rain of two days back. In fact, even in mid-October, the damp, abundant vegetation of leafy vines and plants seemed to be nourishing quite the community of black flies, which naturally needed to irritate us, although their assaults lacked what once figured as summer severity. I say once because this summer's lack of rain, which of course led to dry soil, made it hard for the black flies and the mosquitoes to muster enough numbers to really terrorize many warm-blooded beings in or out of the woods. And as the manner of summer was different this year, so too may be the manner of our autumn, at least with respect to transforming the colors of the foliage. Without water, green chlorophyll becomes broken down by sunlight, revealing the carotenoid pigments, the yellows and browns within the leaf. With the progression of fall, other leaf pigments are revealed, such as the anthocyanin, which is responsible for the reds and the purples. Peter Lambert, a state of Maine forester, says that this year's low rainfall and dry soils are affecting the foliage. Sugar maples, for example, are turning as much as a month early, and many red maples are displaying an unusual bicoloration of red and green, not only over the entire tree, but often on the same leaf also. To be sure, the manner in which the fall foliage transforms itself matters a great deal to many people, from the casual observer to the avid leaf peeper who daily checks the main foliage report. To the latter sort of individual, to the latter sort of individual, the first two weeks of October are no different than the second and third weeks of December are for the Christmas shopaholic when manner and matter also deserve their due consideration. Once upon a time, when the merchant made sure to let the customer know he was grateful for their business transactions, the merchant would say thank you upon receiving payment for whatever merchandise was being sold. In the 21st century, however, these simple good manners are hard to find. What one may expect to hear instead when he or she has doled out his or her hard-earned money for whatever material item is an imbecilic, well, there you go, or have a good day from the cashier who hands over the item purchased. Every now and then, in an attempt to reblaze an inroad for common courtesy, I'll wait for the cashier to hand me my purchase, and then I'll look him or her right in the eye and say, you're welcome. Sometimes this encourages the cashier to respond, albeit belatedly, with a thank you, although more often than not, the cashier will just look at me in blank non-comprehension. What I'm not seeing and not hearing represents a disconnect of sorts, a failure to understand that the merchant is entirely relying on the income from the customer to stay in business, and that the traditional thank you acknowledges this basic principle to the customer. It's like leaves changing color in the fall and then falling off trees. For more on Omain, have a good day.